Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. With the comment period now closed for the legislative review of Canada's Tobacco and Vaping Products Act, it seems Canadian vapors are again left in wait-and-see mode, a position unfortunately they are all too comfortable with. It's hard to believe, but this month is the four-year anniversary of nicotine vaping products becoming legal in Canada. During this time, there's been hardly a good night's sleep for consumers or industry as the stable regulatory framework promised by Health Canada collapsed under the weight of a moral panic over teen vaping and malicious public health messaging that linked nicotine vapes to a mysterious respiratory illness. It's been a brutal four years, and much of the blame lies at the feet of Canada's health regulator. Joining us today to discuss Health Canada's wrong turn on vaping is Martin Cullop, International Fellow at the Taxpayers Protection Alliance and prolific writer on harm reduction policy issues for major publications such as Inside Sources, Centre Square, Town Hall and Filter. Martin, thanks for joining us today on RegWatch. Uh, great to be here, Brent. And obviously we're going to dive into the details, but first top line for us, you're based in the UK and write on harm reduction issues all around the world. From your perspective, what do you make of Health Canada's track record on vaping? It's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it's, it's changed over the years, hasn't it? I mean, in 2016, it looked like Canada was one of the most um, enlightened countries in the world on, on vaping especially. And, and yet, recently, the messaging has, has completely changed. And, and you have to wonder if there's some sort of uh, wrangle going on in the corridors of power in in Canada, because um, they seem all over the place and 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 they're actively hostile recently, which which you wouldn't have guessed. Just uh, even back in uh, as recently as, as uh, early 2018, you would have thought this was inconceivable. But they've um, it, it's I, I just can't get a grip on what's what's happening there, and it, it's it's pretty depressing to be honest. So I assume then the rest of the world is noticing. Well, yeah, I, I am, you know, as you know, I, I have a keen interest in these subjects and, uh, but I think vapors in general, you know, vapors are quite passionate and consumers look on what's happening in Canada, you know, especially those in, in the US, uh, look across the border and, and they I think they were probably hoping that Canada could be a bit of an example to the US on how to do things properly. Uh, but it seems to be going the other way, you know, Canada seems to be looking at the US and taking all the wrong policy options from from south of the border. So let's uh, take a step back for a second and talk a little bit about your interest in nicotine vapes. How did you come to that? And are you a vapor? Yeah, I'm a vapor. Um, I, I, I'm what, what's known as an accidental quitter. I, um, I, 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 I simply got an e-cigarette in the first place because I was blogging on lifestyle issues. Uh, I started in 2008. And in the UK in 2009, I'd heard about e-cigarettes and, and I heard rumblings that the UK government wanted to ban them. So I thought, well, if the government wants to ban them, I want to defend them because you know, it's, I, I tend to defend consumer choices. I think freedom of choice is a very important concept. So I, I went on a forum and, and asked people who knew about these things, you know, please educate me on e-cigarettes so I can write about them with some sort of knowledge. And I, I got sent uh, a, a jiffy bag full of um of kit it was very primitive back then from a, from a lady in leeds in the north of england and it had little sticky notes on it saying uh, this goes here this goes there 
uh, and I so I used it so I so I could understand what I was writing about and and I, I, I remember writing about the early campaigns against uh, prohibition and medical license in the UK and it was just over quite a long time really that I just sort of slowly used the, the, the vape more than I smoked so uh, and at one point I, I just couldn't remember the last time I'd smoked I almost forgot to smoke so I, I'd, I'd never made a quit attempt in my life I used to love smoking but um, I sort of gradually drifted without even knowing it onto vaping. So um, I know they work and, and I know harm reduction works. And that's that's the sort of place I come from. Yeah. Well, that's and that's fabulous news. And it's a similar story for many of our viewers. That's for sure. You just mentioned harm reduction. What is harm reduction and how does it apply to tobacco? Well, harm reduction is, is funny that people probably, you know, the general public probably don't know that they know what harm reduction is. I know I didn't. You know, when I first heard... I first heard the, the term tobacco harm reduction a year after I'd, this, this uh, you know, going on this forum. I didn't really know what tobacco harm reduction was. Um, harm, harm reduction, the easiest way to explain it to, to you know, the, the population is to say, well, when you get in your car and you put a seatbelt on, that's harm reduction. You know, you, uh, driving can be dangerous and the best way to do, uh, best way to, to reduce harm is to make sure you do it in the safest way possible. Um, and uh, I've met people with, since then who who were involved in drugs harm reduction going way back to the 60s and 70s and i've met people like carl phillips who who uh, who has been working on tobacco harm reduction smokeless tobacco and things like that for about 20 25 years i think so uh, it's it's a pretty simple concept you know people will do things that are risky so the best way to um, make sure that they you know, make sure they don't come to too much harm is to make sure those risky things are done in the safest way possible. And that's basically the concept of harm reduction, as I understand it. So, Martin, as mentioned, May 18th is the four-year anniversary of legalized vaping in Canada. But really, there were only four good months of peaceful vaping. When in October 2018, the moral panic over teen vaping exploded in the media, it was driven by the U.S. and then imported into Canada. What were your thoughts on the so-called epidemic of teen vaping? I think it's a typical moral panic, isn't it? Uh, you know, it, it didn't really uh, happen to us in the UK. We, 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 it never really touched us. It's like the opioid crisis. And we didn't have an opioid crisis in the UK. It's something that's just over your side of the Atlantic. But I do remember um, that this this all kicked off. And, and then I saw a couple of reports from Canada where they were having um, you know, press conferences saying that they, they'd have cases up there as well. Um, but from this this side of the Atlantic, I just looked across and thought, you know, what's going on? And then very, very quickly, uh, vapors, consumers themselves, because they're very passionate, like I said, they seem to get a handle on it and worked out that it wasn't to do with nicotine vaping. And what really is quite uh, disgraceful is how long this misinformation has gone on since then, because it was clear very early on that it wasn't it wasn't anything to do with with what you know you and I vape uh, or anyone else vapes. It, it was it was THC and it was vitamin E acetate. And even to this day, I think the CDC in America still has uh, you know sort of implied messaging that it's to do with nicotine vapes. So um, it's it, it set everything back a long way, definitely. But uh, you know, hopefully things are calming down now. And but. It's, it's a ploy, isn't it? For some of these people, it's something they want to keep going on and, and just milk it as much as they can because they're ideologically opposed to vaping. And that's that's a big problem. Now, what we're learning now in 2022, that teen vaping is indeed way down and teen smoking has collapsed. 
Does this not abrogate the moral panic? Well, certainly on, on the gateway hypothesis, yeah, I think that one that one's like in the mud now, really, isn't it? Uh, the, the, the results that came out, the, the uh, survey results that came out on, in March from the CDC on youth vaping and smoking were, were stark. I think the figure was daily uh, high school smoking was down to 0.38%. And I think daily daily vaping amongst uh, uh, school school kids in, in America was at 4.93%. And it had dropped by something like 60% in two years. I, I think with these things, you know, if you, children or youth will try things. It's always been like that. And we had a little bit of interest from from kids over here. I mean, I've got a 21-year-old son. He just turned 21. When he was at school, he, he said that some people in his school were using vape pens. And I, I said, well, what type? I was interested, obviously. But then probably about a year or, or so later, I asked him when he'd gone to college um, and said, you know, do you get many people vaping? Because I'm hearing these stories, you know, there's a youth vaping epidemic. And so I asked him and said, you know, is there much, much vaping going on? He said, no, I know maybe one, maybe two, he said, but there's lots of smokers. <laughs> so, you know, it, it just in a short period of time, it, it had sort of been a bit of interest for young people and then it had vanished. And I think if, if it weren't for the, the hysterical way that this has been treated in the US, uh, with all of the advertising and the moral panic about this, I think it would have been a short run fad in the US as well. But there's been so much focus on it. And and you've got authorities over there um, who are sort of telling kids where to find the products, what flavours they come in, and it's going to really upset your, your parents. I mean, there's no better way of, of making something look rebellious than to do that. I've I've regularly said if you really want to turn kids off of vaping, just put a big warning on the packet saying your parents think vaping is cool. The way that Health Canada has reacted to uh, that moral panic over teen vaping was pretty stark and very quick. So considering that vaping became legal in May of 2018, by January of 2019, they were already reacting with major new restrictions. They dropped consultations, you know, on advertising restrictions and labeling restrictions. And then in late spring of 2019, they dropped this huge, massive, wide-ranging public consultation regarding every aspect of the vaping industry. And indeed, there still hasn't actually been the full response to that. It's just this one never-ending process with Health Health Canada of restriction after restriction after restriction. Um, What do you make of that? There's three, I think, isn't there, before the one that, that's currently ongoing or just was just, just, just completed. Uh, I think one was mostly on advertising. Then you had the nicotine cap and then you had one on flavours, which finished in September. And now we're having another one. And, and the most recent one is just 22 extremely vague questions that, that would it seemed like that the people that wrote it, uh, I don't know if they were bust in from campaign for tobacco free kids or something, but it just seemed to want to just highlight all the um the you know, the, the worries and the fears in the scaremongery it, it seems deliberately designed to do that but the consultation a document that came with the questions it seemed to be so confused i mean i i wrote about it in inside sources and said um that they seem to be confusing themselves it's almost like there's two factions in the department or in health canada that are disagreeing and 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 so you end up with this mishmash of a consultation document which on the one hand says 
uh, we need to worry about youth vaping. But on the other hand, says there's so little youth vaping that it's almost unreportable. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just like that throughout. And I just don't understand what they're trying to do with this. And when you said about not being evaluated, the previous consultations not being evaluated, I think that's more just down to how uh, tobacco control tends to work. In the UK, we had a, a lot of leg uh, legislation came through very quickly. We had um, bans on on uh, cigarettes being sold in vending machines. We had ban on uh, smoking in, in cars with children. We had a, a tobacco display ban. We had plain packaging for cigarettes. And there's hardly been any evaluation of any of them. We also had a ban on menthol, which is which they're talking about having in, in the U US at the moment. And we still haven't seen any evaluation of any of those. No one's even looked into whether they worked. I think tobacco control tends to just, it has one policy proposal which it gets accepted and it moves on to what it calls the next logical step. So we've ticked that box, now we'll go on to the next one. And I, I'm, it seems to be that Health Canada, like you said, they've got a beef about vaping, they've got things they want to do, and they're just ticking the boxes and just doing, going through the motions. And it seems to be one consultation after another towards um, where they want to be. And, and whether they listen to the consultations or not is debatable. Public consultations tend to be public health consultations or public sector consultations most of the time. Um, but we've still got to respond to them and we put a response in at the TPA and I hope many consumers put responses in. But the problem we have is is with the nicotine cap, there were thousands of consumers responded to the the consultation on the nicotine cap and were completely ignored by Health Canada. And you've got the, the 20 mil cap like uh, like we've got over here and, and in the EU. Uh, and and it's 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 wrong. You know, consumers are the people that, that should be listened to in these things. And I would say we're we're the ones who vote. We're the ones who should be guiding these consultations. But it doesn't seem to be that's the case. So, from your perspective, then it appears that Health Canada is ignoring uh, the nicotine vaping consumer in Canada. I think whenever these consultations come about, uh, whichever public health um, division it is, they always have. A preconceived idea of what they want the, the the lawmaking to look like, and they they do consultations, but a lot of the time it seems to be that they're just going through the motions, and, and I I just hope that many people did respond to this because you you have to you have to keep banging on the door and hope at one point you can knock it over. Uh, so who knows we'll have to see but you know even once it comes in it's not over you can still campaign and carry on you have to think. I always say this to people that tobacco control first spoke about uh, smoking bans in public places in the 70s. And in, in the UK, we, we had a smoking ban in 2007. So it, it took around over 30 years before they got there. So politics is a long game. You've got, you've got to go um, constantly and just keep saying the same messages and keep, keep sort of pushing. You, you, it, nothing happens overnight. So it's a long game and you just got to carry on trying because sooner or later we're on the side of the angels we're 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 you know everything's on our side and and so eventually they'll have to see sense it just it's just going to take a long time to get there one of the things i said at the time was uh, i think the reason smokers didn't stand up for themselves is because the years of 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 being told you know you stink and and, and everything else made them think well maybe you know, maybe I'm a bit antisocial, uh, and so they they didn't they didn't do that. But the difference with vapors is stark. I mean, vapors stand up for themselves because they know they're in the right, and they, they you know they 
most of them were smokers before and they've gone through all this smoking legislation that was aimed at them and the stigma and and the, the looking down the nose on them and everything. And now they've done the right thing. They've quit smoking, they're using vaping and they're still getting attacked. And I think that really gets people's hackles up. And that's what makes people stand up for themselves. They think this is this is just unfair. So I'm I'm always, always so impressed with how vapors will stand up for themselves and cause a real fuss. And I hope they carry on doing so. When you were describing the way in which tobacco control, and I assume based on what you said that it isn't just Health Canada that does this, this constant litany of consultations, you don't even need to have, it seems, um, actual implementation of some of the uh, restrictions, just the sheer badgering of uh, the consumers may be enough. What, in, in sort of like beating them down and wearing them down over time? Is that what you mean? Well, it's a, that appears to be the strategy. I, I call it harassment. <laughs> I call yeah. it bullying. Yeah, it's a, it's a good word. Yeah, yeah. But um, like I said, I, th- I think vapors are made of sterner stuff. And I think, in fact, users of all harm reduction products, um, people in, in Scandinavia who use snus uh, tend to be quite vocal and stand up for themselves as well. And I, I think that they're, they made a stern stuff. I, I think there aren't quite the arguments about vaping that there were about smoking. And and I don't think, I do think smokers had a little bit of self-loathing uh, about it. Whereas vapors think they were, we're doing the right thing here. We, you know, we are, we are doing exactly as we should be doing this. We're not doing anything wrong. And that, that sort of righteous feeling is, is, is something that I think should uh, help carry them forward. Health Canada, um, as you mentioned, um, implemented, and it's been the law now for almost a year, with the uh, cap on nicotine concentration in vaping, in vaping liquid, which meant, meant for everybody, for most vapors, you know, well over half of the amount of nicotine that they regularly vaped was just cut, gutted by, you know, government decision. And that's no small thing. And what bothers me about that, of course, is that the nicotine concentration limit was implemented in order to stem the rising tide of teen vaping. Yet it went, it was implemented in June of 2021. And in June of 2021 is when Health Canada also dropped its proposed nationwide flavor ban. And it appears to me, and I don't know from your writing in, uh, on Health Canada, is that they're not even giving any of the measures any time to actually work. There's like no breathing space. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what happened here with the smoking regulations. You know, tobacco display ban. Are we going to see if it works? No, we're going to go for plain packaging. And I think that's just the way these people work. It's it's you know, with with they they're campaigners, they're lobbyists, they're activists. And if they're not lobbying for something or active being activists for something, then people will wonder why they should be getting their funding. So. <laughs> You know, I think that's just just how they work. So let's take a quick look here, Martin, at uh, one of your recent uh, columns. Health Canada's latest consultation on vaping is confusing itself and the public. It, it talks uh, about um, enhancing public awareness, but at the same time, the, the, the TVPA, Tobacco and Vaping Products Act, uh, banned people from giving proper risk proportionate messages. You couldn't tell the truth about these products. And, and, and when you consider that the same division that is coming out with this stuff against vaping uh, is the one that has got such a progressive attitude towards harm reduction with drugs, uh, 
you know, decriminalizing cannabis and um, safe injection sites, needle exchange programs, things like that. You think, well, what's going on here? Why, why are they so sensible about drug harm reduction? And yet completely the opposite with vaping. It just, it's just a bit of a mess. They, they don't seem to understand that this inconsistency, I think is the best word to use. Are they in favor of harm reduction, which they are with drugs and they, they have great policies on harm reduction with drugs, or are they against harm reduction, which they are with, with tobacco harm reduction? So there's that, that inconsistency there. And I think because of all that, and because of the messages, I mean, the consultation, the, the questions, the five, five points that it was making were all on the downsides of vaping. And it, none of it was about the positives, even though the positives were mentioned in the consultation document that went with it. So they know there are positives, but the questions are all about negatives. And I think there is a big confusion there. And, I, and what I was saying in the article is that because of that confusion, they are confusing the public. And I think the latest figures were, was it 4.3%? Only 4.3% of Canadians uh, uh, recognise that vaping is is much safer than smoking. I mean that that really should send shockwaves through Health Canada because that is a terrible, terrible lack of understanding on the on the part of the general public, and they're responsible for that. They they should be thinking how do we correct this, but instead they're just doubling down and and keep talking about harms over and over again. And it's 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 really shocking that that an organization that is supposed to be protecting the public's health can be satisfied with that sort of failure. Are they creating wreckage? They, yeah, well, they seem to be. It's, 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 it's totally reckless, isn't it? If you think about it, if, if, that, if that's the level of understanding on the public, then that means there's so many people who are probably smoking right now who are not choosing safer products because they've, they've got too much doubts about them. And, and if there's too much doubt and they're not switching, then they carry on smoking. And the more they carry on smoking, according to Health Canada's own figures, um, two thirds of them are going to die as a result of their smoking habit. That's their figures, not mine. So what are they, what are they doing here? I mean, because they've got a little bit, uh, I don't know, peeved or, you know, uh, they don't particularly like vaping. Maybe they think that, that smokers should suffer when they quit or, or something. I don't know. But you, they shouldn't let their ideology, ideology get in, 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 in the way of the fact that they're preventing people smoking and they're protecting the cigarette trade. And, uh, but if you, if you were to tell them that, they probably wouldn't recognize it. But that's the situation they've got themselves into. Nicotine vaping would not have become legal in Canada if it was not for, but for, Health Canada supporting it. And so somewhere from the moment that the legislation passed and royal assent uh, you know, I don't know if it was somebody, there was a change in the guard at Health Canada because it really wasn't at the top, but something had happened that now they, it was almost as if Canada had never legalized vaping in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. They were, they were looking like being one of the most progressive countries, uh, you know, in the world. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I think, the UK on vaping is is way ahead of the world. I'm I'm afraid, afraid to say, and it might, it might sound smug because I live here, but uh, but Canada was 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 coming closely up up behind us, and they they were the ones who who recommended, I think it was eight uh, warning labels for packaging, which was so progressive and so clever. Which said, I can't remember what they were off the top of my head, but it was things like this product um, contains nicotine and may be addictive, but it could 
reduce your chances of smoking related disease. And it was positive messaging like that. It was giving you accurate risk proportionate messaging saying there is a slight risk in this, but it's much better to use this than smoking. These, these were groundbreaking. We haven't even got them over here. Uh, we've just got the EU messages, which which are, which look just like smoking ones. But this was a great idea, and it would have been a, a good thing to sort of um, entice smokers to try vaping products. And then those just disappeared. I mean, I looked for them about six months ago for something I was researching, and I looked for them because I knew they existed, and I looked for them. And not only are they not part of Health Canada's plans anymore, they've they've completely vanished from the internet. It's like they never existed in the first place. I mean, fortunately, someone, like I said, vapors are very resourceful. Someone had a screenshot of them and we've managed to find out what they're called. And I've used them and I put them into the TPA's response to Health Canada's uh, latest consultation. But that was how advanced they were. They were looking at messages like that to encourage smokers to switch to vaping. And yet, like you said, it a, a switch seems to have been flicked somewhere and they've just gone in the completely opposite direction. And who knows what's happened? I mean, you have to wonder if it's if it's a if it's maybe part of a, a, a hangover from what happened in America uh, with the vitamin A acetate thing, or if it's and maybe that's got something to do with it. Maybe there's some funding flying around somewhere from Bloomberg or or something. I don't know, but there's something has happened which is as as taken them from a very progressive forward thinking uh, health Canada into a regressive and Luddite health Canada. And, and it's such a shame. It really is not just, not just for, you know, health Canada and their reputation, but for the public of Canada, you know, and the smokers of Canada who, who aren't going to uh, maybe try vaping products when they might, might otherwise have done. Inside the legislation, it enshrines vaping as a health hazard. There was no other definition of vaping. There's certainly no harm reduction mentioned anywhere in the law. And once you get the cloud clearing from your head and you look at the legislation clearly, you can't but not be in this particular position because they've said that vaping is a health hazard and that's it. The original TVPA banned um, manufacturers from giving truthful messages about the safer nature of vaping. And now you, they're following up with this thing to say that we're going to make the public aware of the hazards, not of the benefits. So it's, it's, it's just all one-way traffic. And it's, it's irresponsible and it's reckless. It really is. It's, it's, it's entirely reckless. You, can, you can't just be, you know, in any debate, you have to have the benefits and, and the and the you know, pros and the cons explained to the public. And this is why Canada has this very low 4.3% figure of people who actually know the truth that vaping is much uh, safer than smoking. So do you believe then that Health Canada may be biased against tobacco harm reduction? It seems to be. I, I like to think positively and think there are some people in Health Canada, who are probably sitting there thinking, this is wrong, we shouldn't be doing this, because there must be those people in there, because of the way they acted before, you know, who, whoever dreamed up those those pack warnings, which were brilliant, they must still be, unless they fired them or something, they must still be people like that in Health Canada. And we know that there are definitely people like that, who are in favour of harm reduction with drugs and understand the concept of harm reduction. So I like to think, well, hopefully, if if 
enough people sort of keep banging the drum and telling them, look, these things are great. These have helped me quit smoking. This is my experience. Please don't do this because other people could could get the same benefits. Hopefully, it'll it'll just pique their conscience a little bit, and and we may get some better messaging. But at the moment, it seems all the bad guys are, are pulling all the levers. It seems to me. This frustrates me. It always has done. Um, even even the good public health people say yes vaping is 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 risky but it's much better than smoking i mean that seems to be the official line but then what what harm are we talking about i mean you know no one's died from it yet and when when you mention harm they say oh we might get an itchy throat uh, you know there, there is no identifiable identifiable serious harm yet so and i think they, they would often compare vaping with breathing just fresh air which is the wrong comparison because you should always be comparing vaping with smoking because otherwise uh, what on earth are you doing as someone who's involved in public health uh, that they are economic substitutes you know if, if you if you tax vaping you i think you've got a tax uh, being planned over there if you if you tax vaping products then more people will start smoking this has been proved everywhere that these things you know that sort of things happen if you ban flavors more people will 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 smoke um, but if you if you are more liberal towards vaping, then people will switch from smoking to vaping. It's just how it works. So it, it seems to be such a poor approach uh, to just talk about as a health hazard without saying that you have cigarettes which are massively harmful and vaping is orders of magnitude less harmful than smoking. That should be the message they're giving. But they seem to be taking, rather than like said, progressive public health um, people saying, well, it could be risky, we're not, we don't know yet, but it's definitely far safer than smoking. They've left out the far safer than smoking bit and just said it's harmful, which is, which is just wrong.